Well, good morning. I am super excited, the opportunity to be able to share with you this morning. Jody and I were really looking forward to being with you live and in person this weekend. But as many of you know, the last time we were in Orlando, we were unfortunately exposed to COVID. And uh, so as soon as we found out that some of the folks we were around had been, um, that they had been uh, diagnosed, uh, we uh, immediately went into self-quarantine and uh, went and got tested. We were told that the test was just going to take a couple of days to get back. And in fact, it, it took about 11 days for us to get our response. And so uh, from the time we were exposed to COVID to the time that we were able to get our tests and then, um, and then finally hear back, it was actually the 14 days that you're supposed to self-quarantine. And so we, we pretty much thought we were done. Uh, and then uh, last Sunday afternoon, late in the afternoon, uh, I checked my phone and sure enough, got my test results back and it said I was negative. And I was, and I was super relieved. So I, I texted Jody and I said, hey, I heard back from the lab and great news, I tested negative. And, uh, and Jody, uh, Jody uh, texted me just a few moments later and she sent me a picture of her result and it said that she tested positive. Now, I want you to know this, that Jody has shown absolutely no symptoms. And uh, they say that after this prolonged of a period of time, that, uh, that she likely will not show any symptoms. In fact, there's a pretty good chance that she's actually already COVID free. And so uh, what they do, if you are asymptomatic, uh, the CDC, at least where we're at, the, the county health department, uh, if, you are, if you are symptom free, once you're diagnosed, if you're symptom free for 10 days, you're no longer in isolation. So Jody's able to be out and about. She's able to travel. Jody did some shopping this afternoon. I, on the other hand, even though I have tested negative because I was exposed to Jody who tested positive, I am required to be in self-quarantine until 14 days after her 10-day window, which puts me into quarantine until a week from Monday. So uh, I am spending a lot of time around the house. I'm able to get some great study done. I'm also able to get uh, a lot of projects around the house done. Uh, but I will tell you that I am, I'm ready to be out of quarantine. I'm, I'm ready to be out and about. In fact, here's what I've done. I've taken another test and uh, it's at the lab. Uh, they're in the process of of reviewing my test. And so I hope in the next two or three days that I'll, I'll have a response back and um, rest assured if I get another negative test, uh, I'm going to be out and about uh, because man, this, uh, this self-quarantine has gotten long. Uh, but, but I was thinking about this. I was thinking about what it means to be, what it means to be contagious. And and to live a life that's contagious. In fact, I, I'm convinced of this. I'm, I'm convinced that we're, that we're supposed to be contagious. God's word says that we're the salt of the earth. We're the, we're the light of the world. We're, we're supposed to be influencers. And, and we're, we're, not, we're not designed to live in isolation. None of us are designed to live in, in quarantine. We're, we're designed to to do life together and, and to live together. One of the first things that we learn about man, in fact, 
in the moments of creation, in, in, in the moment that God created man, he, he looked at man and he said, man is very good. But, but then almost immediately after that, he said, it is not good. And, and the, first, the first statement in all of creation, when God says it is not good, it's about man being alone. It's about man being isolated. And here's what God said in Genesis chapter 2. He said, it's not good that man live alone. It's not good that man be alone. We're designed to interact. We're designed to have fellowship. We're designed to do this thing that the scripture calls koinonia. We're called to, to live life together. In fact, you've heard me say this many times, but it bears repeating. That the vast majority of the command in scriptures are given not in the singular, they're given in the plural. God doesn't give his command so much to a person as much as he does to his people because it's always been his design and it always will be his design that we live together. Now, there are, there are some people in life that, that it is a joy to be around. There are, there are friends um, even in our now traveling back and forth from Missouri to Orlando, there are, there are times when, when we're away from Orlando for just a few days that, that we miss so many of you because doing life with you, is, it's exciting and it's fun and it's, it, it's invigorating. I'm a better person because of my church family. I'm a, I'm a better person because of you. And, and when we're not together, it, man, life, life isn't nearly as enjoyable. Life isn't nearly as, as much fun. Now, in full candor, um, there, are, there are folks in, in my life, there are folks in your life that are, well, they just require a little bit of extra grace. And, and God, God has designed us and he's called us to do life together. God's called us to be engaged. And he's, and he's encouraged us to live a life that is contagious. That doesn't mean that, that we should go out and about and, and not follow the mask protocol and, and, and be mindful of social distancing. Uh, because even though our, our COVID journey has been symptom-free, and we've had friends that have been just tremendously sick. We've, we've had folks that are very dear to us uh, that have been hospitalized and, and been on ventilators. And uh, we've, had, we've had friends that, that, barring a miracle, they weren't going to recover. And, and there are some miracle stories to tell. But there's also, there are some stories of, of personal friends of Jody's and mine who, um, who as a result of contracting COVID, uh, it, uh, it, 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 caused uh, them to come to that moment where God called them home to their heavenly reward. And so uh, I, I, while I don't want to be uh, contagious with a virus, and it's why I've, I've, I've listened to, I've been obedient to what the county health officials told me when they said, Ed, you need to stay at home. Man, I want my life to be contagious. I, I want to live my life in such a way because the love of God, it compels and, and it, it compels us. In fact, Paul put it this way. He said, your attitude or your disposition should be the same as Christ Jesus, right? We're, we're called to live this life that is Christ-like. 
And so I thought it would be good this morning as, as I'm in quarantine, I thought it would be good to talk to you not about isolation, but instead to talk about a contagious life, living, living a life that's contagious. And, and what better model than Jesus, right? Jesus lived his life in such a way that, that people were drawn to him. Everywhere he went, there were crowds. There was just something about him that, that captivated people around him. His, his presence brought this, this sense, right, of expectation, of, of anticipation, of, of fulfillment, of strength. And in that, that same, here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that same spirit, it, it, it is to be resident in you. And if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if it lives in you, it will energize you to live a life that is, that is fulfilling to you and that's inspiring and encouraging to the people around you. And so let's look at Jesus' journey. Just, just a small little glimpse of Jesus' journey and I want to look at these five irresistible qualities that we see in Christ. And I want to encourage you, not just encourage you, I want to challenge you that these five irresistible qualities, these, these qualities that made Jesus contagious, that God wants them in you as well. God wants you and I to display these qualities. So when we look at like right out of the gate, the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, Matthew chapter 4, it, it tells us this. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. And he preached this message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And, and the first thing that we see about Jesus is he has this he has this holiness about him or this purity about him. In fact, as, as we look here at Matthew chapter 4, we're coming out of the moment when Jesus, having, having fasted for 40 days, has just been tempted. In three different ways, he's been tempted by the enemy. And the enemy tempts him in response to his appetite, Right? Knowing that Jesus hasn't eaten for 40 days, Satan tempts him with, with food, challenges him to, to turn a stone to bread. He, he challenges him with identity and in, 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 in saying, look, I can give you identity and I can give you identity now. And he challenges him on the issue of destiny. And, and here's what we're going to find. We're going to find that Often, we're going to face opportunities to compromise in the area of appetite and need. We're going to face opportunities to compromise in areas of identity. And also, we're going to face opportunities to, to compromise and to, short, to shortcut destiny. And in that, God has called us to live a life that is pure, in fact, here's what we're told. We're told, and in, in, in even the thing, not just what we do, even what we think about, Philippians says this, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are pure, that's what our, we're supposed to focus on. That's what we're even supposed to allow into our mind. That's, the, that's what we're supposed to look at with our eyes. That's what we're supposed to allow into our ears. Th that's supposed to be one of the hallmarks of our life, this issue of purity. Now, here's what I want you to know, that purity does not mean piety. 
And, and purity, it, it doesn't mean that we walk around with a, a halo over our head and, and we walk around disconnected from the reality of life around us. Because Jesus demonstrated this issue of living life pure while he hung out with publicans and sinners. Jesus lived purity even being at a party where everybody's getting drunk. The first miracle that Jesus does, it's at a wedding celebration at Cana where everybody's drinking. And yet, here's what we see. Jesus lived a life just as us. He was tempted just as us, and yet he did not sin. He did not vary from the disposition that the Father had called him to display. He didn't drift from the mandate that he was called to fulfill. He didn't drift from the identity that he knew to his core. I want to I I challenge you that God's called you to live a life that's contagious. In fact, in a world where so many people right now are facing discouragement, frustration, and anxiety, the body of Christ must rise up and we must be an influence in the world around us. Our life needs to be contagious. And it starts, it starts with a no-compromise life. It starts with living a living life knowing, knowing who we're called to be and what we're called to do. That we, that we not drift to the left, that we not drift to the right, that we, that we, that we cast aside all of the, all of the weight, all of the, all of the sin that, that can, that can weigh, weigh us down. And, and all, of the, all of the challenges, all of the issues, all of the temptations that can so easily ensnare us. We're called to be pure. And, and I will tell you, even, even to the degree that we, that we go the extra mile. Paul, Paul said this. He said, you know, all things are permissible but not all things are profitable. And, and, and friend, let me tell you, there, there, there are things that are available in life that maybe I could justify as a liberty and, and, and maybe even rationalize because of grace. You guys, you know me. For, for some of us, we've, we've been on an almost seven-year journey. For, for others, our, our connection is newer. But my hope is that I've communicated to you and, and that I've demonstrated you, to you that I'm not a legalist by any stretch of the imagination. But here's what I am. I'm, I'm a man who wants to live my life in such a way that it causes no one to stumble. And I want to live my life in such a way that people say, there's something about Ed, there's a quality about Ed that I want in my life. And friends, I'm convinced that a big, big irresistible quality of Jesus and an irresistible quality that he wants in us is living this life of a purity. And, and what I love is, is Jesus, he, 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 he matched his purity with his passion. Look, look what it says just a couple of verses later. Jesus is, he's walking along and, and he comes to, to a couple of would-be disciples. And he, and he says this, come Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There's something 
powerful about that statement in the moment. There's something captivating about the way that Jesus gives them this incredible word, word picture, right? He's talking to two men that they've lived their life catching fish. And Jesus says, no longer will you fish for that. I'm calling you to a far greater purpose. I'm calling you not to fish for something that will satisfy the belly. I'm calling you to fish for something that will change an individual's eternity. Not just a man, it's going to impact the destiny of a people. And not just a people, it's going to impact the destiny of generation after generation after generation after generation. You and I know the reality of Jesus Christ. You and I know the freedom that comes in God's grace. You and I know the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I know Pentecostal power because of what these fishermen did in response to Jesus' passion. They followed him because he was passionate. In fact, we're told this in, 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 in the epistle to, to Rome. We're told in Romans 12 that we're supposed to never be lacking in zeal, but we're supposed to keep our spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And I know this. I, I want you to know this. I want you to live it that there is no better place on earth than to be right in the middle of God's will. There is no more exciting place on earth than, than to be in God's presence. And there is no more empowering thing on earth than to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are for today. And here's what God wants. God wants signs and wonders to be in your life. God wants you to speak in the prophetic. He wants words of wisdom and knowledge to flow from you. He wants you to lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. God wants you to live your life in such a way. He wants you to live your life with such an intentionality and a passion that it's life-changing, not just for you, but it's life-changing for your family, that it's life-changing, not just for your family, but that it's life-changing for everyone around you. And that the ripple effect goes from generation to generation to generation to generation because God doesn't change and his game plan hasn't changed. And so these irresistible qualities that we see in Jesus, his purity and his passion, it's what God wants us to live out. And, and, and what I love is this, is that purity and passion, it's not without purpose, right? We're not supposed to live our lives aimlessly. We're not, we're not supposed to run aimlessly. We're not supposed to box as someone boxing the air. But we're to run with intentionality. We're to fight with purpose, and, and, and when we look at the life of Jesus, he lived his life with absolute intentionality. It tells us, and a little, little bit uh, later in Matthew chapter 4, it tells us this, that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And, and we see this. We see the earthly ministry of Jesus. He went from place to place. And here's what he would do. He would proclaim the good news. He would speak life. Life. And then he would demonstrate it with power. That's what God's called us to do. He's called us to be pure in our motive and in our activity. To be passionate about the things of God. And to move and to live in demonstrative power. 
And that, that power, it's a, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a purpose to it. There's an, there's an intentionality to it. Oh, but make no mistake. God does want you to operate. He wants you to live in power. He wants you to live in power. And Jesus demonstrated it, right? We see it here in Matthew's gospel. We, we see it in Matthew chapter 4. It tells us this, that Jesus, the activities of Jesus were so impressive that news about Jesus spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those who were suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed. The, the people were coming from all over because news spread about Jesus. That's my prayer for Calvary. My, for, my prayer for Calvary is this is that everyone in Orlando will know what God's doing at Calvary. That everyone in Orange County, Seminole County, Osceola County, that they'll know what God's doing at Calvary. That that people will come from all over Florida, that people will come from all over the nation and around the world because of the power of God, because of the presence of God, because of the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit that is proving Himself real at Calvary. And make no mistake, friends, that is the destiny for our church. That's the destiny for you as a body. God's called you to rise up. And God's called you to rise up in this moment. Here's where it starts. It starts with purity. It starts with surrendering those areas to God that we've been holding back from him. Finally, letting go of that habit. Finally, giving God that relationship Walking in obedience and stewardship. Saying yes to God in the life that he's called us to. Giving giving God that bitter root. Giving God that unforgiveness. And getting to a place of genuine, genuine purity. Not, Not don't smoke, don't dance, don't drink, don't chew, don't hang around with those that do. But a the purity that, that radiates from our soul, that drives a passion for the things of God that cannot be quenched and moves us in an intentionality and drives us with the commission, the great commission to go and to preach the gospel and to make disciples, baptizing those who are willing, and and knowing that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witness. And and Jesus, the the power of Jesus, it it, it drew people around him. And yet, here's here's what fascinates me about Jesus. He walked with purity in an incredibly impure world. The the barbaric ways of of life during Jesus' earthly ministry are unbelievable. We, we, We think we live in a humanistic culture. We think we live in a godless time. Friends, we don't 
We don't walk down the street and, and see people that have been hung on a, sp- on, 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 on a spit. We don't, we don't walk by a, a, a temple to a false god where, where, there are, where there are temple prostitutes lining the street. We don't, we don't, we don't live in, in near the debauchery that there was in the time of Jesus. The, the opportunity for compromise was, it was everywhere. And yet in the midst of that, Jesus being all man, he lived with this purity because he was, because he was driven, not, not for a purpose. Purpose is something you're willing to live for. No, Jesus says for this cause. The cause is something you're willing to die for. And so he, he, he walks in purity with a passion, right? And he does it with intentionality. He's, he's, got, a, he's got a purpose. He's, he's living out a plan. And he, and he taps in to the power that, that comes from above. And yet, he has this unexplainable and yet undeniable peace. It's evidenced over and over again. I think the, one, of the, one of my favorite stories and uh, something that I go back to often, just because I'm, I'm, I'm captivated by the interaction. Jesus with the, the woman at the well. No, no doubt, as, as that conversation started, no doubt there were several times in, in, this, in this Samaritan woman's mind where she thought, why, why am I talking to this guy? It, it seem, seems strange that I'm, I'm having a conversation with him, but there's, there's something about him that is, it's disarming. There's, there's something about him that's comfortable. There's something about him that makes me want to lean in, not not push away. Oh, we see that over and over again in Jesus' life. We see over and over again people coming to him. The the woman with the issue of blood. Nicodemus, the the religious man that that comes to him by night. The the rich young ruler, even the rich young ruler, when he comes to Jesus, he, he recognizes there's something about Jesus. And, and even this rich young ruler, he, he bows. And he says to him, good teacher, what, what must I do? Because Jesus didn't put people on edge. What he did was he, he brought calm. Even as, even as his earthly ministry is, is coming to an end, there in the garden when he's arrested, Peter whacks off a guy's ear and Jesus says, hey, no, 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 no. This is not how we're going to do this, right? Takes the ear and puts it back on the, the temple guard, Malchus. He, he reattaches the ear and he says, listen, we're, this isn't, this isn't you, don't, you, don't need, you don't need swords, uh, you don't need weaponry to come and, and take me. I go gladly. On that night, even before he was betrayed, Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, peace I give you. Peace. And not, not peace as the world gives. 
but my peace. And we've all experienced it. We've all had those individuals in our life that when, when the waves seem to be crashing in, when the winds seem to be blowing and, and it is a tempest around us, that the presence of an individual, it, it settles our heart and it, it eases our mind. It, it quiets our soul. It just brings a, it brings a peace. And that's, that's Jesus. It's, it's, a, it's one of the irresistible qualities of Jesus. And, and, and that's, that's what we're called to be as well. See, these qualities, purity, passion, purpose, power, and peace, these aren't just qualities that are reserved for Jesus alone. There are qualities that are available to you and I. In fact, there are qualities that woven throughout Scripture we're challenged to embrace. We're challenged to live a life of purity. Right? Touch no unclean thing, God's Word says, and I'll come unto you and I will make you my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord. We're called to live a life of purity. We're called to live a life of passion. I referenced it earlier, Romans 12, 11, Never be lacking in zeal. Right? We're, we're called to, to live a life with intentionality. Do not, do not live your life as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Run in such a way to receive the prize. We're called to live our lives with power, with power. Wait for the promise and you will receive power to be my witness. And peace, peace. Love, joy, peace. It's, it's evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Peace. So I, I want to encourage you this morning. I want, I want to encourage you to take a moment and take stock. Is there, is there, a, is there a purity issue in your life today? Oh, I'm, friend, I'm not here to put you on blast. But is there a purity issue in your life today? And God's brought us together in this moment. Me stuck in isolation. You, some of you in the, in, the, in, the, in the sanctuary at Calvary, some of you watching wherever you are. And God's brought us together to this moment to lovingly say to you, it's time to address that purity issue. It's, it's time for you to re-engage with passion. It's time for you to, to finally go, God, I am all in. Come hell or high water, I'm all in. And to say, I'm going to do this with intentionality. I'm, I'm going to do this with purpose. If you've, if you've yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoken in a heavenly language, God wants, to, God wants to endue you with the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to bring the power of the, He wants to baptize you, immerse you in the power of the Holy Spirit. And friend, today is your day. And peace. Are you, are you living in a world of anxiety? Is your disposition always one of frustration? 
if people were, if people were to, were to draw a picture of you, would that, would that picture be of an individual with a smile or would it be a person with a scowl? Because you're called to be contagious. You're called to live your life in such a way. And, and God, God wants to use you in this season. He wants your life to have impact. He wants, he wants your life to matter. I, I've become more and more aware over the last few days the need to interact with people. I am, um, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that for Jody and I, that our COVID experience, that it has been without symptom. And, and I'm also, I'm, I'm grateful even, even with um, being in isolation, even in being in a, a quarantine that's been required by the county health department, that uh, I'm quarantined somewhere where I can, I can go walk and, in, in my backyard, I, I sit in the morning and I do devotions on my deck. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not stuck in a, in a 700 square foot apartment or, a, or, or an efficiency on the 10th floor in a major metro area and uh, where there's noise all around me and yet I can't get out. I am I'm grateful for where I'm at, and yet I miss fellowship. I miss being with you. And I know that God has called us to do life together, and he's called us to be an influence in our world. So I'm ready. I'm, dare I say, I'm anxious to get back out there and to be contagious. Not, not with a virus that I initiated in some lab, but with a message that comes from heaven's throne that is absolutely contagious, that has the opportunity to spread to every man, woman, boy and girl. See, I'm praying. I'm praying for a pandemic, but not a pandemic of a virus that causes people to be sick, but a pandemic of an anointing that causes people to step in to life and life abundant, to step into life and life eternal. So my prayer is this, God, let me be let me be, God, truly contagious. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this moment. I thank you for how you're speaking to lives. Thank you, God, for the example that you gave us in your son. Those irresistible qualities that we see. His purity matched with passion moving forward in purpose, demonstrating power, and yet in all of it, being a man of 
peace, being a, a person of peace. God, I, I speak that into the life of each and every person that you're affording me the opportunity, the joy of connecting with today. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.